So um, thank you for having me here um, in your home. Um, uh, if you are joining us, or if you joined us a couple minutes late from Trinity, um, we have not taken over guerrilla style. Um, although this is probably not what you expected. And um, it's not really what we expected either this morning. So this morning we got up um, and I looked outside it looked like we had a smidge of snow and I thought, all right, we can do this. We'll go out, I'll drive to Trinity and um, we will do church. It will be light because there's snow, but it will be fine. And I went and took a shower and um, there should I should there should have been a moment where I'm like, oh, this is not gonna work. <laughs> but that is, I mean, really like we talked about this as a staff. This yeah. is a thing that we planned for. We had, we had contingencies, all the things we knew who was gonna make the decision. So I get in my car because I'm going to do it, right? And there's a guy who's spinning out like across the street and I'm thinking, well, yeah, he's doing whatever. And so my inner Alaskan is sort of rolling my eyes, but I and take my, right. <laughs> so I take my coat sleeve and I wipe off the windows because I don't have a scraper. And um, again, inner Alaskan is like, oh my gosh. But I do it and I get in the car and I get on the road and I, I made it half a block before my inside was like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? This is crazy. And so he turned around and went back to church, back to home. Um, and <laughs> I sat in the driveway for a minute thinking, this is crazy. We, we talked about this. We made plans for this. And still, I couldn't make the adjustment this morning. And so I got up planning to go to church. I got dressed. I took a shower. I did all the things. And then when I should have been like, this is not the moment for this, I still couldn't do it, right? Uh, there's something about... Um, decision paralysis that's happening right now where, you know, I'm an adult woman, I am an accomplished woman, I have done all the things and still I get in the moment and I get frozen and I, I get really stuck on the track that I'm on and it's really hard to change gears and, um, and so sometimes even when things are super obvious, they aren't super obvious and, um, and, and I know that I'm not the first person in Christianity to struggle with things that are not obvious, right? I mean, the religious elite, the people that we come from, they all knew that they were expecting a Messiah. That's where we were headed. That's who was coming. We all knew that, right? But we didn't necessarily expect a baby, right? And so that's kind of, I mean, what then, Maria? So... Shannon and I have sort of talked about like how do we think about this and how do we how do we frame it and there is something about this gospel passage this this amazing passage that I think all of us are sort of trained to think of as really big theology right the word was God and the word was with God and all things were created through this word and you know we think of John as this sort of abstract intellectual exercise in the faith and yet the amazing thing about this, this kind of vision of God is that God comes in chaos. You know, this has been a chaotic time. Um, we are constantly having to reframe every decision that we make, and we think we've got it all under control. And then suddenly, the person who's supposed to make the decision about Trinity and still show up can't actually get in to do it, right? All of a sudden, things have to shift. You know, at St. Philip's, I woke up this morning and looked out the window and I thought, huh, I don't think that I can have people drive into church this morning. And so, you know, out goes a text. 
um, so that we can switch gears. And I wonder, you know, what was it like for the incarnate God to have to switch gears constantly? And right now where we're at in the story is the incarnate God is switching gears at the behest of a Roman emperor, of a governor who is insisting on counting people so that those people can be used as effective labor to build the Roman empire. An incarnate God who is sending, who is sent back to his hometown of his ancestors only to find no place to rest. No room is available. They have to be in the downstairs of whatever inn they're in where the animals are sleeping in a manger. And today we actually celebrate the martyrdom of St. Stephen, one of the first martyrs of the church, a man called to just help set the table for people, a man called to gather a group of people to make sure that the poor and the hungry and the widows and the orphans that were gathering around this church in Jerusalem, that they were fed, for which he was killed. We celebrate the Holy Innocence, which is an awful day. It is an awful day led by a spiteful and angry ruler who is so terrified of the rumor of this coming of a Messiah that he will kill all of the young boys in a nation. His own people, he will kill them. There's nothing predictable about Christmas. We think about Christmas as this holiday of light and love and laughter and gifts, right? It's a kind of commercial orgy. Is That's what we're trained in as people in this country to buy and give. And you know what? Christmas is over, right? Christmas is over. It's done. Yesterday, we're done. Thank God all the Christmas carols are going to be out of the malls. <laughs> no more Christmas carols on the radio. But for us, this is the beginning. And that's why we read this gospel, because we are in the beginning with God. We are in the beginning with what God is doing in the world. And it's a beginning that stands in the long line of Jewish people that have gone before us and promised the coming of a God who will bring light and love and life, a God in whom darkness is a place of growth, where light can shine through. But it is not an easy beginning. It is not a simple beginning. It is not clear. It's There's no path that is laid out. No matter what we say about John the Baptist, it is not an easy or straight path. It's a crooked one that leads to exile in Egypt, a life as refugees unwelcome in a land where they were formerly enslaved. That is the Christmas story, and that is the chaos that we are confronting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, do you remember in The Princess Bride when he goes all the way, she doesn't know where I'm going with this, but I, um, but I do remember The Princess Bride. But there's this part, right, where, um, I can't remember his name, but the guy, he talks about going back to the beginning. You know, if all else fails, go back to the beginning. And to me, that's the beauty of this gospel on this day is when all is crazy, right? When we can't plan for anything, we can't make decisions, we can't um, do anything the way that we imagined that would be to go back to the beginning, to go back to our foundation, to go back to where we all started, back to God at the very beginning when there was nothing but God, right? Mm -hmm. um, and to think through what it means to start at the beginning 
and to live into God being one of us and, and to live through, I mean, are you expecting two turtle doves today? <laughs> no, it's a little cold. Uh, maybe, maybe UPS can't make it today, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm, but I'm not thing, getting a tour. No, no, uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Um, and maybe you shouldn't expect that either. It's, it's not because they don't love you, but it's, you know. Yeah. But beyond the turtle doves and the cultural moment, right, and the secular moment that we are in, this life of incarnation, right, it's, it's fundamental to who we are. It's, it's basic. It's the beginning. And beginnings in the good news of God from the beginning of its delivery to its reception as Christians, beginnings are always opportunities for us to grow. The incarnate God comes as an infant, and that incarnate God grows up, grows up as a boy, and we get these little snippets. But that invitation to become children of God is an invitation to grow, to incarnate God in our very selves. This is the story of John and why John goes back to the beginning of Genesis and echoes the ancient words of his people, this story of in the beginning, God has created all of us to be in God's image and to grow into that likeness, to be people of hope and faith and love and kindness and compassion and justice and mercy. And we do that in the face of a world that is not just, that is not merciful, that is not kind, that does not welcome the stranger, that does not want to give water to the unhoused neighbors that surround St. Philip, a world that does not welcome the vulnerable, that does not seek justice, but seeks the privilege of each and every person. And yet we are called to grow, to begin again our lives as Christians over and over and over again. And we do so in the confidence of a God who also grew with us and shows us how it is that we are to incarnate God in our bodies and in our lives.